there's some big problems in Japan. Some big problems in Japan. I'd like to look at some of those problems and how God is using those problems and also think about, I'm sure that there's not one person here who is not dealing with some type of personal or family or work problem currently in your, in, in your walk. So I think there'll be something for you today. And I pray that God will use the word of God and maybe a shared example from, from what we've experienced to, to help you with that, to change your life and to help you take that problem and use it for the glory of God. We're going to look really quickly at Matthew 14. Matthew 14, verses 22 to 32. Before I begin reading here, I also want to say, showed up in the video, but thank you for praying for and sending out Josh and Janae uh, to our ministry there. Um, it's been almost right around two months since they've been in Shimonoseki adjusting and reaching out. And I understand they got to be part of a, a big barbecue um, outing with the, with the youth group, the young people today. So uh, thank you, and please continue to support and pray for them. Matthew chapter... 14. Um, I know many of you have different uh, versions of the Bible, or maybe just one version of the Bible that you use. I'll be using iPhone 13 version uh, this morning. And uh, we're going to start in right after Jesus has fed the 5,000 miraculously. Verse 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side where he dismissed the crowds. After dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well into the night, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat was already some distance from land, battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Jesus came toward them walking on the sea very early in the morning. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them, Have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, Command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. It's going to be really simple this morning. There'll be three points to, to the presentation. Unless I use too much time on the first couple, it might be two points. might be one point, but try to do three points. The first point will be getting into the boat. The second one will be staying in the boat. And the third one, here we go, getting out of the boat. And that's all boat we're going to talk about this morning. Getting in the boat. 
as you look through this and, and read through this, I, I'm sure you've thought through it a little bit, but when you pause and think about it, Jesus is telling his disciples through the night to row across the, uh, the sea right there. It's probably, they're going to get about three, three and a half miles from what I understand in reading different commentaries out into the, the sea there before the, the, the storm gets so bad. And they're out there on a, on a boat and the storm is really bad and there's big waves. I'm sure some of you have, have been on a smaller boat and with a little motor or, or rowing out there. And any sort of storm kind of throws you for a loop. I can remember um, maybe in my high school years, I'm sure Ted remembers it, but uh, we were out on a uh, fishing and my dad and, and we had an exchange student from, from France with us, I believe, and a big storm came up and you really thought, boy, this is not going to end well. I don't think we're going to get back. And, you know, you hear lots of different words you usually don't hear and just, just kind of scary. And, and somehow we got into shore. So I can just imagine in this, this big sea, this big lake where no Jesus and the disciples who have been told, commanded to go across are thinking, we're probably going to drown. We're probably going to die. Getting into the boat, I think, is only something we should do when it's a command of Jesus. And when I, when I talk about getting into the boat, I'm talking about where Jesus invites us into his kingdom, where Jesus invites him to serve in his kingdom. In 1984, uh, my so just finished my sophomore year at, at Liberty University, and uh, Marcia and I had, had, married, uh, my, uh, had, had married the summer before, and we went down to Brazil, and we got to spend almost my two and a half months in Brazil. It was wonderful. It, it was really hot, really humid, but, uh, you know, the people were, were very um, open, um, excited about learning about God. We, we saw several conversions, got to work of an exciting church down there. And um, the only thing was, Marcia didn't feel the same call. Uh, it didn't gel with her as well down in Brazil. So it was very easy to see that, that God wouldn't call me to Brazil and not call Marcia to Brazil. So we came back to, to school, uh, finished off our, our schooling. Marcia taught for uh, the last two years while I uh, attended Liberty University. And then through a series of circumstances, right before going to, to seminary in Dallas, we got a call, we got a request to go to Japan to teach in a Christian school for a year, just in, in an emergency situation. Um, really wasn't excited about it. Was accepted into seminary, was ready to get on with the education, was looking forward to that. So I turned it down um, two times. Was, got taken out to eat two times and turned, turned it down two times. Not the food, the request to go to Japan. When they asked me a third time, I kind of felt bad about it. And so I said, well, I asked my wife, but I can guarantee you she's going to say no. So I went home, and Marcia said, let's do it. <laughs> so we found ourselves in, in 1986 
in Japan. Marcia had grown up in Japan, but had not been there since uh, her late elementary years. And for me, it was, it was the first time. And just, just immediately in getting to Japan, there was a, just a God-given love and acceptance and wanting to be with the Japanese people to share the gospel. Not so hard to understand. 0.4% of the population is known to be Christian. One, of, one out of every 1,000 people would be a Christian. Certainly somewhere through school, somewhere through television, internet, they've come across, there's a Bible, they would know the name Jesus Christ. But the vast majority of Japanese have no idea who Jesus Christ is. And they have no idea that God has not only a plan for them on this earth, but an eternal plan to, to live and walk with him in heaven. So you have a lot of people who are headed to hell, and many of them don't even know it. So our call to, to get in the boat, and to, for us it was coming from America and going over to Japan to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the Japanese. Just in, in a sense, it kind of came to us out of the blue because it wasn't planned for us. The invitation came to us. And when we went to Japan, God began to open our eyes to the fact that God loved Japanese and they needed to and would respond to the gospel. I've shared this story before, but it bears repeating. When we moved to Shimonoseki, the very first day, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Kitamura came to our house to turn on the gas. And right after he finished turning on the gas, he literally turned to me and said, get in my car, I want to take you someplace and show you something. Well, you know, 36 years ago, I wasn't alarmed by that at all. I might be alarmed by that now, but I said, okay. I said, Marcia, hey, I'm going to get in the car, and he wants to show me something. So he took me to three different locations that he owned, and they, were, they all had a room for with tables and chairs. And he said to me, take your choice out of these three locations, and you can use them to teach English conversation, I'm sure you'll do a Bible time or something, that's fine too. And I'll pay for the rent, and I'll provide the chairs and the tables. The very first day we were in Japan. Wow. Well before we got in the boat, God knew that he was going to begin opening doors for us in a special way. When the disciples got in the boat, they knew that Jesus had told them to get in the boat and they were to go to the other side. But I don't know if they knew it. It doesn't say whether it looked like there was going to be a big storm or not, but they were going to follow Jesus. And three, three and a half miles out into the storm, we get to the next part, the importance of staying in the boat. In other words, abiding with Christ. Sticking to it. There's really something to be said for just sticking with it. Month after month, year after year, being there, 
If you're not in the boat, you're not, not going to get to the other side. If you're not there, God cannot use you to be the one to help in a time of trouble, to share the hope of Jesus Christ. Staying in the boat is difficult because there's a 3D problem. And I could come up with more Ds, but 3D kind of sounds cool. At least I know of these three Ds, disease, disasters, and disappointment. And they would be the same in your life also. In whatever relationship, whatever work, whatever ministry, uh, whatever entertainment you pursue, you're going to run into these problems that makes you want to stop, that makes you want to do something else, that makes you want to get out of this situation. In other words, to, to get out of the boat too soon. Difficult to mention among uh, a large congregation because many of you would have much more challenge, health challenges and, and financial challenges and family challenges than, than I probably have ever uh, even thought about. But I can think of several things. Even this past year, of as you go in for, because of, of uh, different um, stages of, of diabetes that I've had, that... Uh, in the eye, the eyes and the kidneys is where, where it kind of goes for me. And I'd had many years of, of it not getting worse, and then all of a sudden I started seeing, uh, uh, I had so much vision that I started to have double vision. And went, went to the eye doctor, and of course there was swelling in the, in the macula, and, and so they, they said, well, we can treat this, and we'll treat it by sticking a syringe in your eye and we'll put the medicine directly in. Do you have any other ways of dealing with that? <laughs> it's not as bad as it sounds, but it's not fun. After the fourth um, injection recently, they actually, it had not worked there was a four to five um, millimeter reduction in, the, in the, the bad area there. So there has been some change, which I'm very thankful for. But it becomes hard to, to read. You, you, things start jumping all over the page. when you're uh, Just difficulties. We've had sickness or disease in, in our family. Uh, we've had disasters that have happened in the country. We've had mistakes that we've made. We've had ministries that didn't go well. We've had disappointments as, as people accept Christ and they walk with Christ and then because of something that happens in their life or a particular situation, Satan uses that to take their heart away from the body, the body of Christ. And it's discouraging. You probably don't know it, but, but as you pray for the missionaries, as you maybe just, oh, can I, remember, I can only remember the name or I can only remember that missionary in Japan. Those prayers are the very things that God uses to get us through. So important. 
I can remember uh, in the middle of the uh, late 1990s, uh, when our second daughter was going through a really time of struggle and some health issues, and um, boy, thought that we were going to have to just pick up and, and leave. But God was faithful, and, and the, the command hadn't changed to stick in the boat. Ministry-wise, um, God always is one step ahead. I had a whole bunch of illustrations I was going to share, but I'm going to go back to one that some of you have heard, some of you will hear for the first time, but I think this is appropriate to share. After we'd been in Japan for a few years, just because of God, we'd seen dozens of Japanese become Christians. I mentioned before, we actually had people calling us up on the phone saying, I had a dream last night that I'm supposed to, to talk to you and you'll have something to share with me about God, about spiritual things. Okay, I can do that. It's not always that easy. But we saw many people become Christians and we're in this little rented house and before, before long you have 40, 50 people that are gathering on Sunday and all the rooms become an uh, auditorium. And I, I remember when it got to its almost breaking point, the wonderful Easter of maybe 1993, I think it was, Marcia got to spend Easter Sunday in our little bedroom at the very far end of the church, uh, of the house, with our three children who all had chicken pox at the same time. That was the original quarantine. <laughs> One day in that room with the three, so, they, so it didn't spread to other, other kids, whatever. Well, we were on a walk not too long after that, and it was kind of obvious that we needed to change something or this wasn't going to go very well. So we knew that we either had to move out of the house and have the church continue to meet there um, or have the, the church body start to meet in a different place, which would have been deadly to our early ministry. Well, within weeks, a guy walks in in a three-piece suit, and he says, do you know who I am? And I said and tried not to lie. So I didn't lie, I just kind of nodded yes and thought no. <laughs> and he said, I'm Mr. Hayashi, I'm, I'm, your, I'm the owner of this land of this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I hear you want to buy this house. Marsha was in the kitchen, right, right close to the entryway. And I honestly, I mean everything's honestly, but honestly, <laughs> My first thought was, I have got to get this guy out of hearing distance because I probably made some mistake that he, someone thought I wanted to buy this house and it's some Japanese mistake. And Marsh and I kind of, kind of have a thing back and forth of laughing at the other person's mistake. So I got him out in the yard and he said, yeah, I hear you want to buy this house and we'll sell it for, I think it was close to $300,000. Um, the size of it would be this middle row, this middle row of aisles. This is back in 19, in early 1990s. 
He said, how much money can you come up with? Um, threw out a big number, $2,000. I don't have it, but I can get a hold of it. He laughed, said, I'll come, I'll come back and talk later, and you think about it. So I just shared this with our, some of our early believers. The next morning, one of our late lady converts came into our home, and she had this handkerchief, and she, she said, can I talk to you for a minute? She walks in, and she opens it up, and there's $50,000 right before us. She said, we've been talking. God seems to be opening a door. If you'll stay here, if you'll help us and teach us, we want you to be here. We want this church to grow. So I called up the guy, and I said, I, I, I can come up with $50,000. Okay. And we were off. Many ups and downs there. It's not easy to get a loan when they say, well, how long have you been here? How long are you going to be here? Well, our visa is three years. Uh, what's your salary? Depends. <laughs> and um, th this guy was just like possessed. He had, to, he had to make this work. So he eventually took out a loan himself, put up his land as security, and then took me down. He also said to me, get in the car. I want to take you downtown. Got in the car, went down to, to where they registered the, the land and the deeds. And he put my name on the land and building. He said, now you just pay me rent. And we'll use the rent as a payment on the house. It was several, several weeks later that uh, I was at his, his company. And, uh, oh, they had to have two... Uh, people signed for us. So we had a later lady in her 50s that was working part-time and a lady that was selling milk part-time, and they accepted those two signatures on the loan. He said, did you ever wonder why I did that? I said, yes. Would you like to hear the story? Yeah. He said, well, many years ago, I mean, this is going to be almost 60 years ago, but at that point, it was 27 years ago, uh, I got up early in the morning, was getting ready to, to light the God, the God shelves, candles, and, and pray, obviously, to, not to the true God. But he said it, it, it was a strange atmosphere that it wouldn't light, and he said, I thought to myself, this is an omen. And he said, I was going, taking my nephews out on a boat, on a yacht, and uh, he said, I never do this. And it was beautiful weather, but we put on life jackets. He said, in the middle of the afternoon, this big storm comes up and capsizes the yacht. And we were out there, and we thought we were going to die. I mean, you really think about it. Being in the middle of the ocean, big storm, big squall, your, your boat's been, yacht's been capsized. I mean, of course you think you're going to die. And he said, all I can do is just scream up, God, if you'll help me, I'll do whatever. And he said, within a couple of minutes, a boat came by, saw them, saved them, took them to the shore, and gave them first aid. By the way, we're going to be closing with this illustration after point two, so don't worry about the time. He said, later on that afternoon... He said, we had a, a special ceremony of a house that we'd finished the foundation with. So I had to make that. He owns a, a, a building company. And he said, I made it on time. 
He said, and then 27 years later, I hear from, from one of my workers that you want to buy this house. And he said, you had a, decent, a good reputation and a young missionary out here trying to do some religious things. And he said, I hadn't thought about it for 27 years. And he said, I remembered I made a vow. And he said, I could get no peace unless I had you buy that house. And that was in your name. 27 years before, we'd even gotten in the boat, gone over to Japan, started sharing the gospel. God had already prepared a special location for us to see so many come to know Christ. He, he eventually helped us uh, build our first church there in, in Kawanaka. Unfortunately, he never became a Christian, as far as I know, witnessed to him many times, shared the gospel with him many times. He'd always say, oh, yeah, 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 you're Jesus Christ. No, I'm not Jesus Christ. I'm sharing about Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I'm okay. Tragic, but God can use whoever, whatever, whenever. When God asks us to follow him, he'll prepare. And then, and then let me just mention, there is the point of getting out of the boat. Obviously, Peter sees Jesus. They actually thought it was a ghost. And it's written just the way it is. They were scared. And he said, if you're, then, then, if you're really Jesus, have me walk towards you. And he says, well, come. And he was able to do it. But the reason he was able to do it was because originally he was in the boat. He was in the boat. And when Jesus approached, it was Jesus who gave him the power to walk on the water, to do something he would never have been able to see, never have been able to experience unless he'd been in the boat, unless he had called out to Jesus and obeyed his original command. You saw several names come up on the um, video. Our latest bus driver, Mr. Ito, he just bowed to, to receive Christ at a restaurant two months ago. Met with him weekly. A few months before that, he was going to get a divorce. Their family was in shambles financially. Where the, the he worked with computers and setting up those systems because of corona that, that had gone haywire. And his whole family was just crumbling. His wife prayed for him. We implored her to hang on a little bit, stick it out a little bit longer. Met with him. And after about eight, ten times of looking at scripture together, I can still remember trying to decide, should I accept Christ or not? And he's, he's doing his head like this. And he said, okay, I'm going to accept Christ. He's now in baptismal preparation. He, along with the young mother that, that, that we had shared in the video, will be baptized this summer when we go back. Ocean is not only, the, the water is not only used for walking on the water, it's used for baptizing. And it's going to be exciting to do that. One last thing, I just asked you to pray specifically. It comes to mind, one of our early converts that became a Christian walked with us for a little while and then was out of the church for over 20 years. Recently came back into the fold, studied scripture. We said, you have to start from the beginning. You have, you're going to have to restudy everything. 
even to become a member. And she humbled herself when she did that. Her husband, who was against her all those years, now has attended, I think, nine straight Sunday services and is waiting for me to do the 13 steps with him when I get back. His name is Mr. Uchida. Pray and expect that God will save him and uh, we'll give him all the glory. Thank you so much. Let's get out of the boat, walk towards Christ and expect and trust that he'll show us and, and use us in greater ways than we could ever imagine. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, .org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.